so so rich i i think of you i think i think of you as the ultimate problem solver because you're you're looking for ways in which to solve issues for people in their everyday lives so let's start with that as our how to how to solve a problem so you have a problem there's something that needs solving where do you start with it so I, I, I would say probably the first thing is to really understand what the problem is um, and so to make sure that we've got it really clearly defined because if we really understand what the problem is and what's causing it or how it's become a problem, et cetera, then solving it becomes a, bit, a little bit easier. Um, if it's a product problem for us, obviously for us, it, that's what we're looking for. So we love identifying problems. We think it's a really great problem. We then would get... The right, the, get a group of people in the room who we think are the best problem solvers. And I think from a leadership point of view, it's all about listening, letting everybody talk, you know, go around the room and then try and pull out, um, uh, you know, um, the solutions that you think are right or start to fine tune a solution to the problem. But listening is really important and quite difficult, particularly for someone like me, who wants to jump in occasionally and maybe lead the discussion or, 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 you know, or lead or want to try and land on a solution really quickly. Like I said, you know, we were saying you don't get the light bulb moments very often. And um, so actually discussion, debate, um, running scenarios, sketching ideas, model making, testing, and then it, that iterative process you end up with a much better solution at the end by doing that um, than actually just sitting in the room and saying, right, how do we solve this? Um, but to, um, yeah, I think, you know, really important point is that everyone has to come with a solution. We can't just have the naysayers, you know. We need to surround ourselves with the people who, who are able to come with a solution and be part of the debate and the discussion and the brainstorm and, and all the rest of it. And I don't know if you're the same as me, but I suspect you might be where I'm super impatient. Like I'm, I'm you know, I, the problem is the problem, but I want it to be solved now. Instantaneously, we need to yes. fix this and need to solve it. So do you, does experience teach patience better? Because if you're not a naturally patient person and you're rushing to find the solution, the chances are you're probably going to stuff it up. So actually going through that process is important for everybody. But is is that something you can learn? Is that something that, you know, just experience of these, of these is. various issues yeah. gives you? I think there's always, I, I think, uh, you know, there's always the temptation to, to, and particularly if you have a solution, you sort of to say that this is it. There's always that temptation. I think within our world and, and we're looking at products, we have, we follow a process that helps make sure we don't come up with, to make sure we do go through various steps to say, okay, that's, maybe step one, but then we're going to go through a four-step process to see if we can refine and improve and better that, that idea or that solution. So the process also helps uh, because you're always tempted to try and see the solution right at the start and then you're mm. fixated on it. And actually, you become blinkered. You don't end up with the best solution. You don't end up with the best idea or the best product at the end. And you've missed that opportunity. So the process, getting the right heads in the room, really helps I love what I love about creative people is sometimes creative people hate process generally because they're free thinkers you know they like to think outside the box they're brilliant at thinking outside the box which is great and so it's that combination of free thinking but keeping it kind of uh not constrained or pointing it in the right direction to get the best outcome 
And that in itself is an art form. But, um, but you know, but process can help that a little bit. Yes, I, I completely, you're totally talking to um, someone who really wants to be better at this because I come from that school of thought of, absolutely like big sky thinking like what are the ideas what can we do with them um and let's not be constrained yeah. by anything including the price tag and then let's work our way back from that yeah. and i guess there has to be an element of that because you have to look for those uh, you know, disruptive ideas and those disruptive moments that might take you on that yeah. journey but then when do you start introducing the real life to the scenario so when do you start saying in that process that you have okay let's now apply this to you know, can can because you can't if you can't afford to make it or no one will buy it because it's too prohibitive. You know, then then you don't have anything anyway. So how, when do you actually start being realistic about those wonder moments? Yeah, that so that comes quite late on in the process. Actually, it probably should come a little bit earlier, but we don't want it to um, in in sort of it, to block the creativity at the start or the or the blue sky thinking or the out of the box thinking. So we. We think if you if you can identify this problem as we said, and you've got the problem, you can then come up with a solution. Um, that can you you know that gives you a lot more scope to um, uh, refine the idea a lot, a lot later on. Um, so in other words, it's sort of you know um, if you've got a great solution, um, you've got I think you have more opportunity to look at different ways of making it or or the way it's costed or price points, et cetera, et cetera. If you've got a very narrow idea at the start, you're restricted the whole way down the process. What's the problem you're still desperate to solve? Where, where to start? I mean, you know, we see problems in everything. You know, that's one of our, I mean, like, I, I mean, we still have problems with chopping boards, you know. I mean, like, we we see problems in all areas of the home. Um, uh, and and, and, and um, it's really interesting that obviously life changes and 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 cultures are changing and when we look for technology and, and technology's involvement in the home is growing and you know in the next 10 years or the next five years ai will have its you know much greater role etc cetera, etc cetera. so there's going to be a fresh set of problems it's, it doesn't stand still um so yeah so i mean it's a it's a constantly evolving you know picture you could say we're probably frustrated with it but we love it but that's we love that part of it, you know. What's the next, what would you say is the, is the next problem you're most likely to solve? Well, I know what we're developing for the next two to three years. And we've got a, we've got a great new uh, range launching next year. I'm not plugging it, but, uh, um, and it does solve a very clear and important problem in the home. Uh, particularly in the kitchen, that everyone has and no one's really properly solved it. So we're quite excited about it. We think it's quite disruptive and clever, we think. So we're quite excited about that. So, But I, I would say that that's the next big problem that we're looking forward to seeing whether people are like, yeah, why didn't someone think of that before? You know, that, yeah, that that is a problem. And, you know, you guys have come up with a good solution. So we'll see. I'll let you know in it launches in March next year. So you know, April 24, I'll tell you whether we maybe got it right or wrong. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks so much, Rich. It's been fab to talk to you. Thanks, Georgie.